Welcome to the Amazon Legends podcast, where we have real stories about making it big on Amazon. Our guests are CEOs of large companies and entrepreneurs who became powerful sellers, also experts specializing in helping sellers, and both former and current Amazon employees who will give us an insight from behind the scenes. Here's your host, Nick Urison. Welcome to another episode of Amazon Legends. Uh, my next guest today is a veteran of the professional beauty industry. He's a former Amazon seller and currently the CEO and founder of Be Bold Digital, which is an agency for Amazon sellers. And uh, there's something interesting about him. Wherever he goes, he stands out. There is, it's impossible not to notice this guy because he's six foot seven. <laughs> And is uh, a former basketball, college basketball player. So you cannot miss him. So uh, with that, uh, everybody, meet my guest, Danny Smolinski. Welcome to the show, Danny. Thank you, Nick. Yeah, like I said, um, I now that trade shows are back in effect, um, you know, I show up, whatever, and I walk in and people say, oh, my, oh my goodness, you're so much taller in real life than you are on Zoom. I said, well, Zoom, I fit, I fit in the real world as far as that stuff. I'm the same height, everybody. So Yeah, I think you do it on purpose, you know, because you look so small here. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, uh, this is like, you know, I, I, I talk about negotiation all the time. And I say most negotiations, they're 50% over before even you meet the person. It's all about preparations. So I think you're setting these expectations Real low by appearing very small and, <laughs> and we come, with, we come with the big guns. Come with the big guns after that stuff. So <laughs> exactly. So uh, when you and I first connected and talked Amazon, you uh, you mentioned that you have a methodology to leverage one of the most important factors for conversion, which is everything. So tell us what that methodology is. You know, one of the factors is, again, you know, you have, you know, your images and your copy and everything like that nature. But, you know, the biggest thing is, is people are reading reviews and ratings as far as that. And those are very, very important. Um, you know, one of the things that we, we do is you can combine products into parent-child relationships, but sometimes those ratings, you know, you might have 100 ratings, 100 ratings, 100 ratings, but when you're, you know, you're going through the switching to the various either sizes or colors, it may be a hundred ratings, a hundred ratings, a hundred ratings per item. Well, you have a lot of times you have to contact Amazon to support to aggregate and group those together. So the day is, you know, instead of a hundred ratings per item, you see 300 ratings. Well, that's a lot more powerful than, you know, just a hundred ratings, whatever it may be. And again, you know, you start getting into the thousands and thousands of ratings and reviews. That's very powerful to, again, help to build your, your momentum, your Amazon, you know, flywheel momentum as far as that stuff so so okay what you're talking about is structuring your listings in a way that will have first of all parent-child relationship right correct so let's dissect this because as you know nothing on amazon is is simple <laughs> everything has all different scenarios so first of all let's take a clean slate and start with a seller who is just creating a listing. So, and two ways to go about it. They can create these individual listings and then right. launch them one by one, or they can create a parent listing and under that they can put all the child SKUs, in which case you have one listing, but under it, people come to the page, they see multiple options under it. So it's two different scenarios. So, Scenario one, individual listings. What you're talking about cannot be done, right? Because they're all standing alone separately. Correct. So, however, there is a way to change that, right? Correct. So when you create the parent-child in, in, you know, if we're going off a simple product um, launch, I suggest not creating a parent-child relationship until you've submitted each, we'll call it three items, each of those three items into buying. So into buying, you can get up to 30 reviews per product. If those items are part of a parent-child relationship already, when you submit the products into buying, you can get a maximum of 30 reviews for all three items because they're already grouped. So I suggest submitting, uh, keeping them separate until you submit your items all into buying. 
you get your 30 reviews per item and then, well, up to 30 reviews per item. Then you create your parent-child relationship. Then instead of 30 for the whole grouping, you have potentially up to 90 reviews, not ratings, reviews um, for that parent-child relationship. Okay, this is very interesting and it's worth debating because as you know, there are pros and cons, right? Sure. So we have to, so, okay, let's dive into this. I really enjoy this kind of conversation because you are looking at all different angles. So let's take this, this route where we launched three different listings and each one is going to receive orders based on your campaign and each and some of those orders will end up leaving a review and what you're talking about is at some point create a parent and bring them all together and then uh, combine we'll talk about the mechanics of that later but how does that compare to running a separate campaign ppc campaign and then potentially you know splitting your budget splitting your traffic to different places each one is going to convert different because on the page you have different so in your experience what is the gain by having being able to consolidate reviews versus you know splitting your paid campaign and we i have this debate with with uh with my vp of advertising all the time and you know like he said he likes to and we talk about splitting items because you know if if a if a a seller or a brand has four items, three items, whatever it may be, well, he's like, well, we can get more coverage on the page, you know, if we have three items or four items separately. Um, my my expertise tells me a lot of times is yes, we paid, you know, that that click to get into the product page. I want to keep that person there. You know, I want to offer all 15 colors. I want to offer all, I want to offer three different sizes. You know, right. I don't want the customer leaving the page and going, oh, let me see if I can find some, something else in a different color or a different size, whatever it may be. You know, we, we, we paid that, you know, the, that, that dollar, that click to get there. And again, we're trying to make the most of our, um, our customer's money as well, though, too, is, you know, and we, we treat their money as it was as if it was our money. We're not just there to spend the spend. So, I want, I'm going to drive that customer to that page. I'm going to keep that customer on the page. I want them to look at images. I want them to look at reviews and ratings. I want them to look at A plus content. I don't want them going anywhere as far as that stuff. So, so but you just made my argument. <laughs> <laughs> so which one? Do we split to collect the multiple re uh, reviews to combine later? Or do we push them all on one page where you have many options? Tough call. Like I said, a lot of times is initially we will split initially again for product launch. We'll split, um, you know, show everything to the customer really, again, really depending on how big your, um, you know, catalog is as an example uh, of a product launch is say we have a product that has 10,000 uh, ratings already. If we have something, a new color, we literally will add that, product or that additional color to that parent-child relationship and that color will benefit already off all those ratings and reviews from that specific product otherwise that product there's there's no sales history there's no nothing so it's it's on page page two page ten which which of my you know might as well be on the moon as far as that stuff so because most people aren't buying on page two yeah. or ten on amazon so yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you said it. It's a tough call because it's a, if it's a new launch and you are launching a bunch of SKUs at the end of the day, each variation is an individual SKU. Uh, creating a separate one, yeah, you're going to collect definitely reviews. And reviews, in the, especially when you are launching at the beginning, you've got nothing. So anything you get is going to increase you. So and then being able to consolidate them all is a huge advantage. But right. then you have you have multiple sets of conversion rates to track, multiple sets of uh, advertising budget to manage. So it's one thing or the other. Let's talk about the mechanics of it. So let's say that you have five individual ASINs. You combine them all under one parent. 
it doesn't just automatically happen, right? Because when you create that through the listings in Seller Central or through flat files, it's it's random. So there is some work that needs to be done. So tell us about what's involved. My, we usually do, so my operations catalog team, we usually do flat files. I feel, we feel like that's the, I, the most efficient way to build parent-child relationships. Um, there is stuff in Seller Central or the UI to build that, um, both in, in vendor as well too. Vendor is flat file. You know, we open through a support ticket to have the support team generate us that, that parent-child relationship as far as that stuff. So um, yeah, the UI is there, but the UI can be, um, you know, bug ridden or, you know, any seller out there, you know, knows or any experienced type of seller knows and says, you know, there's a red thing, can't complete, can't do this, you know, it, it's just, it's frustrating. Then you're open a ticket anyways with support and then, you know, hopefully, hopefully knock on wood, you know, you get a good seller, seller support person that can help you. Um, and be honestly, I don't trust Amazon support. Like they said, they do things. You just have to make sure you follow up and follow through again, again, again. So, yeah. So when you create, I mean, I, I totally agree. I, I always work with flat files myself. So uh, you create them and you, you know how it is. You go to sell central, add items via upload, whatever. And then you submit it and then you get the processing report. You have all kinds of errors. And then you're thinking, well, how can there be so many errors? Of course, one error triggers another error that triggers another error. So uh, it's, it's a frustrating process. But let's assume in the end, it all goes through. So you have one uh, listing with 10 reviews, another listing with 20, another listing with 30. So 30, 20, 10, altogether 60. It doesn't magically suddenly appear all 60 reviews on the parent, right? You have to open a ticket with Amazon and say, say what exactly? Uh, you just said, hey, you know, like the, you know, you, you always provide as much, you know, information or very, be very specific. Hey, you know, this is the parent ASIN. These are the children ASIN. I would like to aggregate or, or combine, you know, the ratings reviews, you know, together for this grouping as far as that stuff. Um, you know, because again, it's, I've seen it sometimes happen, but most of the time, no, it just said it remains, you know, separate as far as that stuff. So, um, you know, you just, you got to pay attention, you know, you, there's Amazon is not a set it and forget it. Like, Oh, it's going to, you know, we don't worry about it. You know, we have, we, we go do account sweeps every single day on every one of our accounts, both vendor and seller to ensure everything is correct because Amazon will, will change. I mean, there's been some stuff recently. <laughs> so, so uh, that brings me to the second scenario. Second scenario being you launch right from the get-go as parent-child. Now, in that case, there is no more aggregating anything because right from the get-go, you're going to start to get reviews and it's going to show up under the parent, right? But you got to get some sales. So how do you get oh, sales? Yeah. You know, it's, you know, chicken or the egg as far as that stuff. You got to get the sales to get the reviews and the ratings. And, you know, it's, it's a chicken and egg. So, um, like I said, product launches can be, can be difficult. And, you know, for, for the number of people that say, oh yeah, I'm killing Amazon. You probably didn't, you probably, it doesn't happen overnight. You know, and we, you know, we tell our clients or any new launch clients or products, you know, it doesn't happen overnight. It takes time, you know, it takes effort, it takes money, you know, to get there as far as that stuff. So, yeah. So in the case of launching as a parent-child right from the get-go, you don't really know at any point in time which child got how many reviews, right? Everything shows up under the parent. That's another thing that that uh, I'm thinking. Have you seen a situation where you can see exactly how many child got or not? I don't know. It's a good question. I haven't, I didn't think about that as far as that. I never looked individually. A lot of times I just look at the, the total, total, total reviews or ratings out there as far as that stuff. Yeah. Um, I can't remember if we have, if you can look at the individual or not, I'm not hundred percent sure. Yeah. Because you can also go the other way around. Like you can start with parent child and then separate them. Uh, so I'm, I'm wondering, I wonder what would happen if you separated and uh, how many reviews each one would get? I mean, you're going to track by. I mean, you're going to track by ASIN anyways. So, I mean, if you separate them out, you you would see it. 
But the day is, you know, you would just your your overall ranking on Amazon um, would just drop as soon yeah. as you combine all those ratings and momentum and sales together. That's what I said. Your ranking, you know, greatly improves. You know, if you take, you know, for example, we had something, we had a, an item break apart over the weekend. We're trying to fix something, parent-child. I mean, we went from, you know, number forty-two in beauty to like number eight hundred in beauty, eight hundred, eight hundred one, eight hundred seven, whatever it be, because all those individual products broken apart. So, you know, it, it. I highly suggest putting items together, but. There's also some cheaters out there that, you know, they, they, they put items together out of a parent child that shouldn't be together because they want to benefit off of that one yes. product ranking. So yes. I, I report them to Amazon and then, you know, I don't know if Amazon takes care of them or not, but I, you know, like I said, it's just play fair. So, yeah. Yeah. So this is uh, this is valuable information. I mean, I, I frankly advise my clients always to somehow create parent-child relationships, but in a in a way. And people say, well, we don't have different colors, different. We don't have different sizes. How do we do that? Well, it's very easy. You create packs. You create bundles, yeah. and they deliver value because they are priced much more competitively, and. Uh, the customer will receive more, much more value. Plus, you have the option of, frankly, increasing your average order value because you've got more you know, that merchandise you are selling in the process. Yeah, like I said, big fan of, like I said, it, to me, you know, anything, uh, yeah, there's Amazon has their quote unquote light and small program. But like I said, anything under $10, honestly, $15, there's not a lot of, of margin left in the product, you know, anything under ten dollars to advertise. And you said, "What do you need to? What do you need to sell your product? Exactly. You, need, you need to advertise. You need the ratings, reviews. You need, you know, all of it together to get it moving. So, you know, and if you could bundle it to get it to fifteen, twenty, twenty-five dollars, you know, now you have a lot more margin in there to ultimately, you know, spend more more money in advertising, get more sales, and ultimately get more ratings and reviews. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely. So uh, another thing that I want to really pick your brains on is because you've been in beauty industry. I spent time in beauty industry. You know, I, when I was an Amazon seller, uh, professional beauty especially is heavily regulated, right? So uh, give us some tips for those who are looking to get into beauty industry uh, as a seller or already in it. Um. You know, be honestly, it. You have to be honestly. You have to have in the beauty industry. If you're launching a product, um, you almost have to be in multiple channels. You know, if you're a professional beauty product, you have to be somewhat in professional distribution. Um, you know, meaning selling a distributor who's selling to salons, spas, barbershops, etc., and Amazon. Um, you know, or TikTok. You know, those those multi-channel um, help both brands grow. Uh, perfect example, we have a, uh, a brand that launched in professional beauty, or I'm sorry, launched professional beauty distribution. We went on to Amazon and gated the brand. Um, because of the professional beauty distribution sales, it helped our Amazon sales because not every salon can carry all 30 products. So maybe they carried 12. And so it helps both channels as far as that and say, hey, we're not discounted Amazon when the distributor walks into the salon or spa and the salon goes, oh, wow, this is great. You know, we can we can, you know, compete on pricing. Um, so it's helped both channels grow simultaneously month over month over month as far as that stuff. So. So as far as the order of it, which one do you launch first? Do you launch on Amazon to establish the brand, collect some feedback, and then go the distribution route? Or do you go the distribution route first or all at the same time? I would say same time because to get the in the professional or premium beauty program in Amazon, um, it takes about three months to get fully... Um, Amazon doesn't like the word gated, but it takes fully, fully gated. They like to say authorized selling platform, which is quote unquote gated as far as that. Gated means no other sellers are allowed. Um, 
The program will allow you to authorize other sellers. Um, example, Paul Mitchell, um, major hair care brand that everybody knows, um, they authorize uh, three or four additional sellers. You know, they're probably distributors are there. They've had some type of long-term relationship with these, you know, distributors as far as that stuff. So it just, it's a, it's a win-win for the brand. But honestly, I would, if I were a brand new brand, I would launch everything simultaneously because if, if we launch today, you know, distributors are going to be ahead of time. Um, you know, gives it time to get in the salons, spa. It's not really listed on Amazon yet. Um, but like I said, it takes about three months for the brand to get totally gated as far as that stuff on Amazon. So, so what about your, I mean, we're talking about launching your own private label professional beauty product, right? So when you go to distributors, what is, you're not a big player yet. What is stopping distributors from selling to wholesalers who then end up selling on Amazon and competing with you? Contracts, you know, you can put very specific contracts in place. Um, but again, you know, good luck. I mean, there's there's a number of uh, a number of brands actually will have in nail polish. Perfect example. They'll have on the bottle. They'll have three or four different hidden codes in there. Sometimes they'll have it. You know, there'd be a UV. There'd be a tracking. To be honest, OPI started back in the day. Um, they had tracking, different ways of tracking across the board. And so OPI was able to track it down. But well, when you get to a certain level of, you know, 50, 60, 100 million, 150 million, I mean, are you really going to track down, you know, uh, some little small distributor over here? You, you can send a cease and desist letter, you know, over and over. I mean, the the people that are the complete discounters, they don't care. Like I said, they're like, oh, come get me. You know, they'll just, you know, they probably get, they'll probably get, 500 cease and desist letters every year as far as that stuff. And, you know, they don't like to, you know, they, they call it up, throw it in the trash and call it a day. But um, as a brand launching now, I mean, you just, you have to have distributor contracts in place, very specific language. But again, is that still going to stop them? No, not specifically. That's why it suggests going into gating on Amazon. Is it more expensive? Yes, it is. It costs you another, I don't know if I can really say, but another larger percentage of your sales. Then the day is you control, you don't have to go play whack-a-mole, chase everybody around. You can control, you know, your pricing. You can control, you know, there's no other sellers. Now with that being said is, you, you know, with no other third-party sellers is you have control of the buy box. You now can continue to advertise. You can build that flywheel momentum over and over and over, you know, and just continue to ramp up from there. So, you know, with having third-party sellers is, Sometimes your ads, your ads, if you're not winning the buy box, well, your ads aren't going to show. So that's just, that's been a history and that's what we, that's what we do focus on primarily. Yeah. So, so uh, you mentioned gating. Uh, so as a brand owner, can you get Amazon to gate your category or your category for your brand to stop others from selling? How does that work? Well, it, it's primarily in the beauty space that's gaining. I mean, you're a big brand, for example, like Bose or, you know, Apple or something like that. I'm sure you have some more, you know, political power or legal power to go and say, Amazon, hey, you need to gate this. Um, beauty is seen, beauty to me is only category where there's, there's brands that are allowed to be gated. And there's a couple of criteria, uh, professional beauty and premium beauty. They're both lumped under the premium beauty category. Um, both professional and premium beauty have a 1P or vendor and 3P program, which is which is newer. Um, to be in the qualified for the professional beauty is you have to be sold through salons, spas, professional beauty distribution. To qualify for the premium, you have to be sold in, in stuff such as Nordstrom or Sephora or Alta or a premium you know, retailer as far as that stuff. Um, it, it's not guaranteed you know, that you get into the program just because you're in one of these as far as that stuff. Um, I know some brands that were in professional beauty got, got kicked out of professional beauty because they were such a large brand and they were pretty much everywhere. They said, Amazon said, hey, you know, 
sorry, you know, you're everywhere. You're not really a professional. So we're just going to kick you out of the gated program. And so um, they've been fighting to, you know, get their margins back down, get everything in control. Um, so, you know, you, you, it's. Yeah. You know, I'm what I'm hearing from you is actually now it's become more clear to me why you would want to launch professional uh, distribution and Amazon at the same time. Because if you are launching through distributors to sell to salons, now automatically that qualifies you to be a brand that can be gated on Amazon. Correct. And then you don't have to worry about it. Because, I mean, I've been in beauty industry. I mean, I know this game in terms of, <laughs> you know, they, uh, how, you know, I was not one of those people where sure. I would get so many... I guess anybody would say that, but frankly, I just did not want the headache. And and also I didn't need to because I had direct relationships with the main distributors yeah. as well as uh, main brands. And I would still get letters. Of course. And nobody can say anything. I mean, I, I was buying my, my merchandise from secondary wholesalers in some cases. And, you know, it's when you are a reseller, you are there to make money. So 100%. how do you make money? By buying product at a competitive price and then selling it. And so if I found something that was competitively priced, then I would buy it. And I don't care if it's gated or not. I have a legitimate commercial invoice. It's not gated. And if I get a letter from somebody saying, oh, you know, why are you selling? Excuse me, you know, look at my invoice. Yeah. You know? <laughs> this is America. So... Uh, so that is possible. However, if you go the route that you suggested, then you can totally gate your brand and then nobody else can get in. That's a big advantage. Because again, you know, the reason why I'm in the position I am today is, you know, I was a seller on Amazon back in the day. Um, and again, I sold everything. I sold nail polish, I sold hairbrush, I sold waxing kits. You know, I bought it and I sold it at, you know, whatever the retail price was. I didn't discount the product. Couldn't do anything wrong. Whatever I put on Amazon, I sold it. It was a comb. It was, it was, it was, you know, a waxing kit. It was, you know, you name it. I sold everything. Yeah. But it wasn't discounting. But as everybody figured out that you can sell on Amazon pretty simply, margins went boom, boom, boom. And then exactly. down. And then it was, it was, to be honest, a lot of it, it became a, I have a pal of this product. I need cash flow. I'm just going to go on Amazon, blow it out, discount it. You know, so I got to the point where, you know, that's where I developed my own brand of products along the way. And then, you know, ultimately formed an agency to help, you know, primarily beauty brands, you know, in the space because you can't talk to anybody on Amazon. You know, Amazon says, oh, they sign you up and say, hey, come to the program. They give you the thing. And they're like, okay, well, thanks. Thanks. We got you signed up. And, you know, good luck. Figure it out. So, yeah. um, <laughs> which say it's not very helpful in some aspects. And listen, I get it. You know, Amazon, you know, they're about process procedures and systems you know people get tired Pe people you know people get sick whatever maybe you know a computer really doesn't get sick you know so yeah exactly so i mean i had uh, I, I remember those days they were they were well they were mo both fun and agony sure. you know? <laughs> so you sure. get 100%. You're damned if you have to. And those days, there was no FBA for us, so we were doing our own shipping because it's hazardous, right? So, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about numbers in terms of metrics. What metrics do you track on Amazon? What are give me give me your top three numbers that you watch when you launch a listing? Usually, with a client. You know, we ask them, you know, up front, we, we lay out three, six, and 12-month projections. Um, we're pretty decent, but we said we can't control a lot of times that three, six, and 12-month projections. So we ask them and say, hey, what is your budget for ad spend? What is your tacos number you want to stay at? We like to use tacos. Um, and then, you know, ultimately sales. And so... And, but we adjust that three, six, and 12-month plan on a monthly basis because we look back and say, what happened last month? Did we spend too much? Did we spend too less? What, what, you know, what happened? Why did, we, why did we hit our projection numbers? So those numbers are always changing. 
Um, you know, big, big organizations have, you know, budgets and layouts and, you know, and projections, whatever it may be. Um, but as a product launch, I mean, you have to be very nimble to look at things. And so, yeah, going back is that, you know, ad spend uh, tacos are probably our, our top two that we ask for numbers that we need to stay in. Um, to me, five, five percent tacos is, is just maintaining um, eight's going to push you a little bit out there to kind of get you on those, those general keywords. You know, if you're in a, you know, a 12 to 20% tacos, especially on a product launch, it's very important because you have to get momentum. You have to get those reviews. You have to get those ratings, you know, ultimately, get, you know, get the product in the customer's hands. So, you know, and we tell a lot of customers, you know, just being honest up front, um, you may not make money in three months, four months, as far as that stuff. Um, you know, if you guys can't sustain that, then you shouldn't be launching on the Amazon or whatever it may be. So, you know, we're just, we're just honest and upfront with people to make sure they completely understand because everybody, you know, you, you see all these mastermind classes and they're like, oh, how to sell on Amazon, make millions and millions of dollars. Well, it's not easy. I mean, it's really not easy. And everything, everything you and I, Nick, Nick, you and I talk about today, completely change tomorrow as far as that's Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's a constantly moving target. So, okay. So for the listener's benefit, you, you refer to tacos. So tacos, total advertising cost of sales. So uh, what that means is you spend $100 in advertising and those clicks that you paid for may have generated $300 in sales. Total sales. You, total sales. Uh, no, no. $300 oh. in sales on the paid clicks. But also you may have ranked, you may have appeared in organic searches somewhere at the in the middle of the page or at the end of the page or on page two page. You never know where you show up. Sure. And then people may click on it and then come to your page that you're not paying for. And they may have spent an additional $700. So now your take cost is $100 spent in ads, but altogether $300 plus $700,000 in sales. So that's your 10%. That's why you're referring to. Correct. So, uh, ultimately, that's what counts. Yes. Uh, however, at the beginning, nobody really knows you. There is no organic appearance anywhere, right? So, most of it will rely on the paid clicks. Correct. Because you're probably on page... If you're not on page one, you're not anywhere. You might as well not even be, you know, you might as well not be anywhere as far as that stuff. And so... Right. Um, like I said, it, it's, it's very difficult to, you know, launch a beauty product or whatever it may be, you know, and you have to have, you know, money behind you a lot of times. If you don't have, you know, money to spend advertising to grow. And again, it, it's not just launching Amazon is what else, what other, you know, what other, what else do you have? Do you have beauty product distribution? Do you have TikTok? Do you have Instagram? Do you have social media influence? Are you on today's show? Are you, you know, are you getting that type of exposure as well too? You know, we get it. We see big jumps every time one of our one of our um, clients is on today's show. Um, you know, they usually spike that day. You know, and have a trail trail off the next two days. But again, you know, great. That's that's a big, nice big spike for them as far as that stuff. But that's the outside influences that are very, very, being very, very important to be successful on Amazon. Well, you know, this is actually interesting. I I, I follow politics quite a bit. A, a long time ago, I I heard the saying about all these candidates, you know, because they first, they go on the debate, right? On the, everybody is looking to shine on the debate. And one of the pundits said, you know, you want to be careful as a candidate to really pin your hopes on a debate because those who rise by debates fall by debates because it's it's a one, one night, right? So yep. this is the same thing. So if you are relying on appearance on this show, appearance on that show, it's great. But that's not a trend. That's a one-time deal. And then what happens later? And also, whatever happens on that one day or one night or whatever, you need to service it. And you're usually you're not ready for it. It's impossible to be ready because you don't know. Yep. So uh, it's, it's, I, always, I always say, go for the long haul. Don't sure. go, you know, step by step, one step at a time. So I understand the three metrics. When I say three numbers, uh, you mentioned the takeoffs, you mentioned the three, uh, the, the, the projections and the total sale. Um, how about the individual 
because you know those things come from performance so the performance so i'm more interested in what numbers are you watching to get a sense of the performance of the listings you know like i said you can see you know we have software use we can you know we look and see the ratings and reviews as well too again it, it they, they all they all work together in harmony um you know your sales a sale is going to give you an opportunity to get a rating and review um you know amazon switched their system around from only reviews to ratings um you know we go two years ago now two and a half years ago because i denny am not going to write a 20 word review for a product it's not going to do it listen but i'll click i'll click i'll click a, a five star a four star a five star a three star five star on the five items i order from amazon because it's easier and so you know it it in those ratings reviews help a brand grow globally because those ratings reviews are shared on a global scale as far as that stuff so, um, you know, so it, it is, like I said, it's one of the keys to being successful on Amazon as far as that stuff. So, so uh, other than ratings and reviews per listing, what else should be, uh, should sellers be watching? Um, you know, like I said, if you, if you set up your, your product for to become retail ready, you know, you've optimized your, your title, your bullet points. You have, you know, keywords in there that, that high search volume keywords. You have the images that tell you, like, like it would retail. What is it? What does it do? How do I use it? And specifically in beauty is, you know, key ingredients or, you know, in becoming eco-friendly or, it, you know, has become very important recently. Um and then along with that, the plus content. So as long as you set up your page for success, um, you should be successful. But one thing is um, we also take negative reviews. We don't think of them as completely bad. Here's a specific example. Um, I was reading some reviews and I, you know, people kept saying, hey, the cap keeps coming off and it's spilled over the package. And there's three, four, five of them out there. So I went back to my client and said, hey, um, do you have an issue, like a production issue with your caps that are going to be? And, you know, he says, I don't know. Well, let me go see. So he went out, went to the back of the contract manufacturer. Well, come to find out, you know, the contract manufacturer has an automated cap tightener. Well, they weren't, the production team wasn't doing automatic cap tightener. They were hand tightening things. So it was a production issue that, you know, the reviews helped to find out. Otherwise, yeah. and this it would have spiraled down. And so after so many reviews, Amazon will just literally say, hey, you know, we flag your product. You know, what's wrong with it? We have to dispose of your product. We can't do that. So that is, I don't take negative reviews as so much negative, but sometimes they can be very helpful in the like, oh, yeah. scenario. I mean, so. I I can share a story on this. It's unbelievable. And what, what you said is so true. Don't do not take ne the negative reviews as negative. They are what people are telling you that you can do to make your product better. Yeah. And of course, in the process, you are getting reprimanded by Amazon. You can they can close your listing that you have to appeal for later, but you have to really take it to heart. So what happened was I had a client. She had, as it happens in beauty, she had these little like uh, patches that you could put on your under your eyes, on your chest to remove wrinkles. Yeah. So when she came to us, I started analyzing, you know, her listings, all the numbers and everything, and and I found that her listings were getting negative reviews, but she was one of those who just did not have any interest in looking at numbers. And, you know, sellers, usually they go defensive. Oh, sure. <laughs> so I, I have the best product in the world. Mine's the best yeah, ever. I don't understand why. Yes, it is all, David. They, they are stupid. The, the customers, yeah. Of course, the customers are stupid and you still need their money. So, uh, so anyway, that was the response. So anyway, I start reading these reviews and then it says, oh, the product is so bad. It, it falls off. It falls off. So many people saying it falls off. 
And I said to her, listen, is there any way that this thing like you stick on and then it falls off? She says, no way. She says, we tried it so many times. It does. There's no way it's falling off. And then she says, they are probably stupid. They are not removing the film. <laughs> they are not. When she said they are not removing the film, I said, what film are you talking about? You know what? That apparently was happening. So this thing is, is like a, pa a patch. Yeah. And they put a protective film over it. So when you, when you want to use it, you would yeah. need to peel the film off. A lot of people didn't see the film. They were just putting it on. Of course. So, and she's saying, oh, they're stupid or nothing. I said, listen, you must close all your listings today and pull all the inventory and then produce, remove before use on those films. Otherwise, you're going to lose your listing. And it was so easy to fix. But obviously, it costs money, but sure. which one is better, right? And it all came from, by the way, it came from, of course, negative reviews, but it came from somebody reading those freaking reviews and saying, oh, you well, know. 100%. And, and, you know, and, and people say, oh, the instructions are on the box. Here's the deal. I mean, the first thing I do when I get, you know, I'm putting something together, I, I throw the instructions completely away. We're not even, we're not looking at the instructions. So listen, nobody forget the instructions. Nobody reads instructions. Nobody reads nope. No, no, like I said, it's, you know, like I said, you, no. you got to make it completely dummy proof, unfortunately. So, so you still have not used the, the word that I was expecting to hear when I, about metrics, which, which numbers are you watching on the listing performance? Let me see if you're going to say. Um, momentum? C word, C word. C word. Conversion. Oh, yes. Yes. It's a big one, right? It is. Like I said, it is. Um, you know, again, they all, it's, it's all numbers that combine together. Um, you know, if, if you look at just one metric, I mean, you, like I said, you can say, hey, um, you know, for example, brought a client on recently from another agency. They said, oh, look at, you know, look at our conversion rate. Look at our, you know, look at our A cost. But I said, you have more you have more ad sales than you do organic sales. How is that possible? Well, if you start digging in, you know, the third party sellers, is this wrong, that wrong? Like I said, you, you gotta look at multiple numbers to really see, you know, what's going on with the account as far as that stuff. Um, you know, like I said, if you're, again, with Amazon's, you know, A9 or actually it's A10 now, search engine, you know, nobody really knows, you know, specifically, but again, it's, you know, the reason why the top products are ranged, you know, one, two, five, ten, the category is let's look at, let's look, you know, let's be honest, Amazon's probably making the most money off those products at that point in time. So, um, you know, Amazon wants you to spend to be there. It's, it's a, it's a pay to play environment now, yeah. but again, you know, Amazon, Amazon's making money, you know, that's, that's, you know, they're a money making machine is what they are. So, yeah. So, I mean, you, you, what you mentioned is, is so true. There's so many different numbers that you're watching. So what I always recommend the, the people to watch is, first of all, especially if they are in beauty industry and they are doing distribution, they've got to be watching the buy box retention. So what percentage of the buy box belongs to them? That's a huge number because think about it. It's a 24-7 play, right? So... If you are in the buy box 80% of the time, it may sound very high, but let's face it. That means 20% of the day, 20% of 20, uh, 24 hours is five hours. If every hour you're getting 10 orders, that's 50 orders you're losing just on that listing. But are you losing buy box between, call it 9 a.m. and 1 p.m.? Yes. Which is the most, which is the highest, you know, which yeah. is the highest sales period on Amazon as far as that stuff. You know, you know, your ads aren't running during that time because you're losing the buy box. Again, one penny, three pennies down, you know, it, it, it could cost, you know, millions of dollars in the grand scheme of things, millions exactly. and millions of dollars to a brand, yeah. you know, depending on how big you are. That's why we that's why we play in the that's why we play, that's why we try to get brands into the gated category. Because there is no, we don't worry about, we don't have to worry about buy box. It just, it's a whole metric. It goes away. We win the buy box 100% of the time, period. Right. So, 
so so I say watch the buy box, watch the conversion rate without a doubt, because conversion rate ultimately, if you are converting at this is simple math, if you're converting at 10% and you're getting 100 orders a day, you increase that by 10%. So instead of 10, 11%, that 100 plus orders, without you spending extra money, it will yeah. go up, which means much better ROI on your advertising efforts. It's frankly plays right into the algorithm that you mentioned because Amazon likes these things that convert better. So uh, I say conversion rate. I say also always track average order value because by creating bundles and things like that, you can up the average order value. Well, what happens when you up the average order value? You go from $38 average to $40 average. Well, that's extra $2 across several thousand orders in a year. It's extra cash, right? Oh, so two yeah, two things there is talking about buy box is in the professional beauty category, vendor or seller, uh, you're probably, you know, probably on Alta or Sephora. So Sephora doesn't really discount, but they will have their uh, once a year sale. So product X, $100 on Amazon, Sephora drops it down to 80. The buy box actually goes away it's still there, even though the only seller, which is one extra step to click into and it'll say, see other options. Right. Amazon ex is externally price matching with Sephora or with Alta or whatever, you know, based upon uh, UPC. Because everything is UPC based as far as that. Amazon isn't so much, they used to go pretty heavily against Walmart, but then um, they realized that, you know, walmart.com really was a bunch of third-party sellers. It's really not worth them, um, worth them price matching. But Sephora and Alta will have their, their sales. And so Amazon or Nordstrom will price match them. And the buy box goes away. And, you know, it'll say, see other options. You click on it and say, okay, yes, the seller's there. We're still the same seller. But it has dramatically, dramatically uh, in fact, or affected sales for that day or two-day period as far as that. I mean, drops of, of 20, 30, 40, 50%. By simply just one thing of the buy box literally going away, even though it's there, it's an extra click, it 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 greatly impacts the sales on Amazon if external external companies, Sephora, Alta, Nordstrom, et cetera, are running sales or discounts on your product. So well, you just highlighted something that I, I always tell people you have to watch the buy box no matter what. Um, for there's several scenarios. First of all, Yes, Amazon is checking external pricing outside Amazon for your product. And that yep. if they find that it is available at a lower price, they will not leave you in the buy box, even though you may be the only seller. Right. They, what they do is right next to the picture, they put that link, ugly link that says available from these sellers yep. where you have to click. And, and it opens a, a very unattractive window. And yeah. in that window, it shows the seller. So that's where you're going to get pushed to. If your product is available at a lower price, number one. Yeah. Number two, if you have sold your item at a lower price or you decided to up your price because you're doing so well, Amazon will take you off the buy box. Yeah. And then you won't show up. Number three, if people bought, you are a prime seller and people bought and returned and Amazon decided that they're going to pay you for the merchandise and then consider it slightly used or damaged or package damaged and they decide that this is perfectly saleable, but they decide to sell it as Amazon warehouse because they now paid you and they own the product, yeah. they will sell it as used guess what? You will be taken out of the buy box because you will now be another seller where you are competing. It doesn't matter. It's one or two pieces maybe, but it sure. doesn't matter. Still, you are going to be losing the buy box. These are all different scenarios where you will be taken out of the buy box and your buy box retention rate will go right down. And when that goes down, your paid campaigns, as you suggested, will stop and your conversion will 
goes straight to the floor. Oh, 100%. Yeah, so uh, these are all things. And then uh, thank you for highlighting that. I mean, that's such an easy thing to overlook. And people think, and by the way, you cannot take immediate action for these things, right? You have to wait. Like if you ever increase your price or say, oh, no, 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 my, my price is okay. It's no longer, no, you have to wait because systems need to catch up and then finally it will self-correct. Well, you know, like I said, one other thing you talked about was, you know, average order value. You know, one thing we've noticed recently is um, looking at numbers, subscribe and save. You know, Amazon will put you at subscribe and save at full price. Well, we've had multiple clients now. I said, hey, do you want to do the 10% discount for subscribe and save? So we've had jumps from, you know, 10,000 subscribe and save in a month to 14,000, then 18,000, and then 20,000 within a three months. So literally within three months, we've had, you know, double the amount of subscribe and save. The average order value went from like $32 to like $45. That's a big deal. So that's a big, you know, it's a big, you know, granted, yes, listen, 10%. Okay, you're still, you know, you're still giving in money, but it is the average order value plus plus the residual income over and over and over every month. And you say, oh, over the next, over the next three months, I see I'm gonna have, you know, I'm gonna have 200 Plus with higher quantity, you can negotiate better pricing with your suppliers and yeah. things. This so. is great, Danny. So when I opened it, uh, I introduced you as you know, not the little guy, wherever he goes. So tell us a little bit by yourself. Where do you live? And um, how did you get into this? I mean, I'm originally from small town in Michigan. Um, after college, I moved to Detroit, Michigan, uh, just north of Detroit. Um, went to work for a beauty product distribution company. Um, well, I'm a software engineer by trade. Went to work for a beauty product distribution company. Um, I was in charge of all their e-commerce website development. And then I left there and started my own software company. And along the way, started, you know, selling on Amazon. Um, just got the opportunity to sell. You know, fast forward, I live in Newport Beach now, California. Uh, moved here about three and a half years ago. Um, no snow, very little rain. Love <laughs> is beautiful. Can't complain. Um, I can't complain, but, you know, locals uh, when it gets to 65 degrees will complain we'll have their like north face winter jackets on but yeah. <laughs> you know meanwhile it starts a t-shirt to flip-flops still so <laughs> so what i'm picking up is so software engineer yep basketball player which means competitive selling on amazon these are not easy things to take on so it it, it sounds like you know you you always want it to be challenged so I compete, I, I've taken, I can't remember what test I took back in the day, but it was my number one, my number one um, trait was competition. Listen, I, you know, listen, I'll be nice to you, but here's the deal. I'm going to win. Somehow, some way, I'm going to win. I'm thinking in my head and win. Are we, are we playing cards? Are we drinking beer? Are we going skiing? I mean, I'm always competing. Listen, am I the best? No, but I'm going to, I'm going to try my hardest and try to compete. And I've taken that basketball sports competition into the game of business now. And that's where I like to compete, um, you know, compete for my clients and I, you know, and, and win and ultimately win, you know, I've built a winning team around me and, you know, it takes a team to win. You can't, you can't be the best by yourself. Um, so why do you want to, why do you feel you, because, you know, especially now we live in a country where there are no losers, even the, <laughs> <laughs> so where, where does your, the desire for winning come from? You know, it just, I don't know. I think I was just born with it as far as that stuff, you know, just, just the, I love to compete. I love to win, you know, um, you know, some people are born with the trade. Some people aren't, you know, and I was always just born with the trade. And so, so at home, how was it regarded? If you, if you, uh, if you ever lost, where was it frowned upon coming? No, if I, my parents didn't push me, but I've broken enough video game controllers in my life them those few of those have been smashed because you know i didn't win the basketball game or you know football game or techno bowl whatever it may be so there's been a few you know video game controllers smashed along the way but um you know it just becomes again i just enjoy competing you know like i said I, i'm not i'm not gonna 
do it. it it's an it's almost like an internal drive is what I have as far as that stuff. And they so you were born with it, but your parents also encouraged it, I assume, right? No, they, they never pushed me. Honestly, they never pushed they me never into the basketball. They never pushed you me to do anything. You know, they never they never pushed anything on me, which you know, um, which was great. Again, again, the only reason I started playing basketball, like this is in fifth grade, because my teacher said, "Oh, you're tall. You should play basketball." And I wasn't, you know, I wasn't the best athlete in fifth grade, sixth grade, whatever it may be. Um, I, I just continued to grow. I think at one point, my freshman year of high school was like 6'3", 145 pounds. Um, but I just played basketball for hours. Then I started lifting weights. And I got bigger. Um, and then I just, you know, it was just that competitive internal drive to get to that next level, um, which kept pushing me. So... So were you challenged as a kid? When I say challenged, did other people or other kids challenge you to do things or, you know, pushing? I think it was, like I said, going back, I think you see internal drive. Like I said, I wanted to be better than everybody else. You know, I wanted to be better than that person. And um, I would play with the older kids and, you know, four, five, six, ten years older sometimes. And I would get my butt kicked and which drove me and said, okay, I have to be better at this. And then, you know, it's amazing as, as, you know, turning around 14, 15, 16, you know, now is beating the, you know, the 20 year olds, the 25 year olds, the 30 year olds, you know, even the 18 year olds that were, I looked up to as a kid, um, I said, here we go. And so, you know, like, you know, playing in competitive leagues and, and just playing against better players are going to make you better. So. So you were you were almost like you were born with the purpose to be better than others. Yeah. It's you know your your story reminds me of a man by the name of Edgar Casey. You familiar with him? No, fan no. Oh, uh, this is this is an unbelievable story. It's a true story. Edgar Casey, C A C A S E Y. Edgar Casey is known as modern day prophet. Okay. So. What happened to him was when he was a kid in like early 1900s, when he was a kid, he was walking around playing in the woods. And one day suddenly he sees a bright light. And this bright light speaks to him and says, Edgar, what do you want to do with your life? And he says, I want to help people. Mm -hmm. So just like you, I want to be better than anybody. So I want to help people. So then the, the voice says, okay, you're going to have your wish. So the next thing that happens is he's studying. His father is testing him. He's got a history exam about presidents. And he's failing. He's not giving the right answers. And he's got the book. And his father says, okay, I want you to study this next chapter and then I'm going to come ask you questions to get you prepared for tomorrow. And he says, okay, but he falls asleep on the book right by the fireplace. And uh, his father shows up, says, what are you doing? You were supposed to study. And says, oh, sorry, father. You know, I was tired. And then says, okay, let's see how much you know. And he knows all the answers. Hmm. From that point on, he started to know all the answers. And then growing up, he started to see the aura around people. And he would like go up to the fence and say, oh, Mrs. Marple, you've seen angry today. What's wrong? And she would say, how do you know I'm angry today? Because he could see a red aura around them. And look him up. Edgar Casey, modern day prophet. They also called him sleeping prophet because he would tell people, uh, uh, he would give people their cure, but the way he figured out was he would like lie down, go to sleep, and then start to develop visions. But he knew right from the time he was a kid what he wanted to do. And when he said, I always wanted to be better than this, I, it kind of came to my mind. But like I said, you know, so like, you know, I just, I'm competitive, but I'm also, you know, the fact is I surround myself with a lot of smart people, business people, um, financial, real estate, whatever it may be. Listen, I don't know everything. I don't, I'm not complaining about things. I, I, I soak up a lot of things like a sponge, but I like to learn as well, too. Like I said, I constantly, you know, get in, you know, Amazon or, or life or whatever it may be. It's, it's always constantly learning. I and mean, if you stop learning, you know, 
know, you just can't stop. Um, well, you're competing with yourself too. I mean, that's com being competitive is not only against others. You you are gonna feel bad yourself. You know, what kind of a person am I? I haven't made any progress. I so uh, yeah. So it goes with the territory. So this is great. I now know exactly you're not the kind yeah. of man to mess with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I can see why your, your clients are successful. So tell us about uh, how people can contact you. Give us your contact information. Yep. So our website is beboldigital.com or you can contact me uh, via email, Denny, D-E-N-N-Y, at B beboldigital.com so great thank you danny this was great and i'm sure people will reach out to you and uh, this was great information awesome thank you Nick. i appreciate i appreciate the opportunity oh it was a pleasure and that brings us to the end of another episode and i'll see you on the next one thank you for tuning in to today's episode be sure and subscribe, rate, and review our show. And be sure and share an episode with a friend. And thank you so much for being with us today. We'll see you next week here on Amazon Legends.